Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Jed Talks. My name is Jed Shepard, and I am your host. Today, I have director Justin Dyke on, on the show. He's discussing his brilliant film that's out on Shudder very soon, Anything for Jackson. I watched this last night, and I was actually really surprised that this is the second exorcism-type movie that I've seen in the last month that's been any good. It's been years since I've seen a good exorcism movie, um, and yours came out at, at a different angle as well, which, which I really, really loved. Justin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, now, before we get on to uh, your film, Anything for Jackson, what got you to this point? What, what did you do leading, leading up to this? What made you become a filmmaker? What's, what's your genesis? Oh boy, film. Um, let's see. <laughs> I guess uh, picked up a video camera in you know high school. My parents had a you know a big handy cam, so I would uh, steal it whenever I had the chance. And uh, sort of, it's weird. I came about it. I fell in love with the sort of with the tech. I was a bit of a tech geek, um, so I loved playing with cameras and you know plugging cameras into VCRs. And you find out if you plug a Walkman into the VCR, you can record the video from that and you could put a soundtrack underneath it and that just blew me away. Um, <laughs> so I started playing with it and, uh, and that, yeah, I just, I don't know, fell into it from there and then uh, went off to school and started working as a, as a cinematographer, editor, uh, just really anywhere in, in the business I could get. Um, I wasn't sure where I was going to end up, but uh, the more I, the more I worked on other people's projects, the more I wanted to uh, tell my own stories. So Work towards becoming a director, starting in music videos, which was uh, a really fun uh, place to work when you want to direct, but also, you know, love the technology and want to try new things. And uh, um, so, yeah, from there, finally got the opportunity to pursue making a, making a movie. Um, had some horror ideas, had a writer who was uh, helping out, the writer of this film, and he and I were, were ready to go. And uh, so we find a producer. We say, hey, let's make a horror movie. Said, yeah, no problem. I can find financing for a movie. She comes back, says, all right, I got financing, but it's for a monkey movie and a kid <laughs> who plays soccer. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> That sounds good as well. That sounds great. <laughs> well, it's out there. <laughs> so we said, all right, fine, we'll make this movie. And then we'll make a horror movie. And right. uh, we make our monkey soccer movie. And then we had to make a movie about uh, a bunch of talking animals who had to save the farm. And uh, like, all right, we'll do that. And then we'll do a, a horror movie. Uh, and I think I'm about 30 movies later now. Um, wow. We finally I, I got, got financing to make our first horror movie. So, so, um, the, so the big question is, does the monkey play football? That's, <laughs> that's my big he question. Kind of, he kind of played goalie for like a montage. Amazing. He, he wasn't the greatest monkey. Yeah. So he wasn't as good as like Air Buds. Like... He, he was no Air Bud. He, he was mean. He was, yeah. Yeah. So we got a little, we, we rolled the ball to him and he kind of stopped it with his paw. That's but, incredible. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> and um, you, you mentioned that you've made about 30 movies before this. Um, they were like, I'm looking at them now. They were relatively um, Christmassy movies, weren't they? They were very holiday based. Yeah, as you know, I, I like to, it's it's my day job, um, um, and I like to say I, I make entertainment. We yeah. we get an order, um, you know, a broadcaster says this is what we need. Um, check all these boxes. This is what it has to look like, and we deliver a product as per the order. Yeah. Um, but anything for Jackson really is our first film. We uh, 
we, we gave birth to this thing from the ground up and, uh, and we really created it and collaborated with just all the right artists. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, you know, making Christmas entertainment and kids and family films is my day job, but this Mm -hmm. is, uh, yeah, this is our first film. Well, there is a, there is a kind of a tie-in because Christmas, I guess, is a, a religious holiday, and this is a religious-based movie, so there is a slight tie there. Um, what was your relationship with, with with the writer Keith Cooper? Did you know him beforehand, or did he, or were you presented with this particular script? Yeah, no, he and I have been friends for a long time. We're uh, we live in the same town, um, and just uh, just met through a mutual friend who is a musician. Um, so Keith has a, uh, I guess he's, he's not doing it anymore, but he had a very successful, uh, sketch comedy channel on YouTube and on funny or die. Um, and then I was working as a cinematographer, uh, and directing music videos and things. So this, this friend said, Hey, yeah, you guys got to meet. So we met up and, uh, shot a few things for fun together. And, uh, then, yeah, we, we said, set up to make this movie and that turned into a monkey movie, which then turned into uh, he wrote, probably uh, half those Christmas movies that I directed. Is he really um, amazing? He's, uh, he's written a whole bunch of others. He's written for animation and a, a wide variety of stuff. He can, he can write anything. Um, but uh, he and I really wanted to, this is our first one producing as well. So we produced this film alongside uh, the good people at Vortex. Amazing. And uh, the, the kind of general story of this film is about a, uh, a couple who are the grandparents of a child that unfortunately died and it's their aim in life to get him back by hook or by crook um, and they use various different um, diabolic means to, to do that. Um, did you have any kind of influence on 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 the story that, that Keith brought to you? Did you tell him, right, Keith, I want something, I want like a horror film that will really really shock me that harks back to things like the exorcist like um those kind of tentpole horror movies what was your kind of input um into into it yeah well we we came up with the uh, the bones of the story together um so it was on a uh, we were at a pitch meeting for some other horror films and uh they said yeah what do you have in like the supernatural space um, we said, oh, yeah, we got those. We'll get them together. So we get in the car, start driving home and decide we got to come up with some ideas in the supernatural space. Um, so we just threw around some ideas going down the road of ghost movies and things. And then we decide, all right, what's a great subgenre that we both enjoy was exorcism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always really terrifying. And then we said, well, we, you know, there's been a lot of exorcism movies. So how do we just yeah. turn that on its head? And, you know, what's the opposite of an exorcism movie? And it, this is what uh, what came out of that. Um, so yeah, I think originally it was, you know, two parents lose a child and try to get them back. Um, and then I think Keith pitched, maybe we should make grandparents. And, uh, really as we're going, we just, you know, this is the first idea that comes to mind, but that's because it's expected. So mm-hmm. how do you put that on his head? Yeah. And, uh, just every road we went down, we tried to, to go take the uh, road less traveled. I, I think you, you you did that. Um, the, the the worst thing in the world is, is a bad exorcism movie because pretty much ninety five percent of ex, exorcism movies after nineteen seventy three is basically ripping off The Exorcist. And I think the the fact that this is grandparents and of parents, parents would have been the easy route, but right. um, the grandparents is such a like a really interesting twist that I've not seen before. Is this? based on the fact that you've always wanted to do horror and you're a massive horror fan, or did you just see a, um, a gap in the market for something like this? I'm, I'm a film fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, uh, you know, I know a lot of horror fans. Keith's, Keith's a massive horror fan. Um, and he will, uh, 
you know, whatever eight movies are out in cinema, he'll make sure he sees the horror one first where I think my taste is a little, little broader. I like, you know, I, I like good movies. Really. There's no genre off limits for me, as long as it's a, it's a story well told. Yeah. Um, but I, there's tons of horror films that I absolutely do love. Um, I guess the original plan to set up to make a horror movie was, you know, for a first film, you're going to have, you know, not a lot of money. Um, and for a horror film, you take, you know, five of your friends and go into the forest and shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked, I worked on a lot of those projects, worked in the camera department or as an editor. And so I, I did a lot of that stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's sort of, I think where the, my mindset went to for making horror. It's, uh, you know, the number of successful dramatic films in, you know, sub million dollar budget range is uh, few and far between. They're, they're really hard to do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and be successful. Cause you, you really, you need to name talent if anyone's going to watch it. Right. Like mm-hmm. if, if Paul Rudd's in it, then someone will watch a, a yeah. indie film, but if it's just, uh, you know, so, so anyways, that was the, that was the plan, but then we set up to make anything for Jackson. Um, and given that we now did have ourselves established a little bit in the business through the Christmas films, I knew a lot of actors, producers, agents, um, and when the script was written before we had any means of making it, we reached out to Sheila McCarthy. Um, again, not part of the, you know, five unknowns in the forest getting killed. Yeah. Uh, we said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's swing for the fences. We sent it to her. And uh, like within two days, she read it, got back to us and said she was in, nice. um, which gave just a huge boost to the ego. Yeah. We're like, oh, this could be the greatest movie <laughs> of all time. Sheila's involved. She wants to do it. So it's, it's perfect. Um, and then that led to... Uh, to getting Julian involved, who uh, the script was actually always written for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Vortec was able to introduce us to Yannick Besson. Uh, and then we set out a casting call and brought in some some friends. Um, and we found the rest of the cast. And uh, yeah, the ca- so that's... The cast is 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 incredible. The performances are really good. I really, I really like uh, Josh Crudas. Um, yeah. where, where did you find him? I thought he's such a unique looking guy. And he was almost born to play this character, this kind of unusual guy on the, on the fringes of society. Who's, whose only kind of aim in life is to do this one thing, but he's never got the chance before. And now he can do it. How did you find yeah. him? He, he was just a casting call. And, and I agree with you. He was born to play this part, mm-hmm. but the, he is such a chameleon. You almost don't recognize him when he's not in character. Cause right. he actually auditioned for two smaller roles why I don't know. The guy should be a massive star at this point. Yeah. He's been in some big films. Um, but yeah, he applied for a couple of the smaller roles and uh, we took one look at him. And oh, so so the two auditions were so vastly different. Mm-hmm. It just blew us away. Like, I want to see what this guy can do with Ian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, we reached out to him and got together for a meeting and uh, what he brought to Ian was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the original mindset for Ian was... Uh, you know, someone, you know, six foot three, broad shoulders, maybe a ponytail, like, you know, your scary death metal fan, Satanist kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what Josh brought to it was was so great um, that it really it really changed the trajectory of the story. And we, we made a few minor adjustments, but really most of that was coming from him. So um, he really brought um, some authenticity to to that part because I get you were right you could have just done the the classic uh satanist type guy but just 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 his performance was was incredible um and in fact all the, all the performances were, were incredible the little kid you got um spooky as hell that little kid 
and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's not only the kind of the, the main cast, the the kind of uh, demonic uh, figures you see in, in this, the the guy that twists and turns his body um, into all kinds of poses, it like amazing and i've seen i've seen that type of thing done before but probably not done this well and with a plastic bag over his face as well like which which i thought was an amazing touch um how did you what was your process in in visualizing this script like how were the storyboards were the tests uh no storyboards i uh, i tend not to work with storyboards because they just confuse me i mm-hmm. i get there on the day and uh you know if if you've spent hours on these storyboards and someone says, Oh, this is a cool shot. Then you go, but, but, but the storyboard said, you know, you, you panic and, and go back. So I, yeah. uh, we, you know, we, we created our plan, but uh, not, I, I don't typically work with storyboards, but um, the, the main house that we shot in actually uh, it's where Keith Cooper lives. It's his house, the, the writer. Uh, nice. uh, so we spent a long Lovely time. House. <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, that was that was the sort of the main area, and then the uh, the master bedroom and Jackson's room are in uh, different locations. Ah. So um, that so did so he he obviously wrote the script to have that lift in mind. I'm guessing. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's the best thing about horror: like use what you have around you, especially with well, low budget horror. Um, and and that was great because I was thinking, oh, did they? build that did they go to a studio and it's it's so convenient millions and millions of dollars (laughs) (laughs) and um and because i don't know where where was it filmed like the location Uh, was really cool north of toronto um Ah, town called barry ontario nice and then so when you when you went about um making this film obviously you had to get the money like how was this because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are uh, film, filmmakers, wannabe filmmakers. How do you get something like this finance? What what goes in into it? Well, we uh, we had this as one movie in our our pitch deck, and we were pitching it to everybody we knew, every producer we could find. Right. Um, earlier in 2019, we traveled to uh, the American Film Market in LA, okay. and we went around and did probably I don't know 75 pitch meetings. Um, um, not necessarily the the right spot for that. Most of the, uh, most of the booths there are looking to buy existing films mm-hmm. or help you sort of finalize the financing, do it's, you know, gap financing. They'll, they'll pay for the last little bit if they get to have some ownership of a film that's already right. in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we were pitching for a long time. It was one of a few projects we had in mind. Um, and then we get home, we look, we, we find vortex pictures and we say, well, let's try this one. So we call them up, we go in, uh, we meet with Courtney. She says, oh, I like these two. Uh, how about you uh, come back and, and, you know, pitch them again uh, to the EP here, Bill. Um, so we come back, I think, a week later and he says, yeah, I really like this. I, I like you guys. So, you know, can you start in six weeks? Wow. And so after years <laughs> of slugging and feeling like just it's endless and you're never going to get a yes, it was the easiest meeting we've ever had. Wow. Uh, he just liked the idea. He liked us. And he said, yeah, sure, you can do it. Um, so it was uh, it was super low budget. We called in tons of favors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you're mentioning about the cast, I don't think I finished answering that question. Um, we reached out to some people who liked the script. A lot of them were uh, friends of ours who we had met on Christmas movies, like, you know, Brilliant. really, uh, you know, one day parts. We would bring in someone like uh, Lynette Ware, who played Officer Bellows. Oh, she's as a great. Good friend yeah. and a incredibly talented actress. 
uh, it wouldn't typically come in for uh, you know three days on a horror film. Um, Her but, death was shocking as well. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Did not see that coming at all. <laughs> good, and, good. Yeah, it's so good. What was it like first day on set of doing a horror film for the first time? Were you at all daunted by the by the fact, okay, this is a little bit outside my normal genre, or did you just take it in your stride and go, I'm a, I'm a professional at this point. I've got many films under my belt. This is just another film. And I, I guess the great thing was, was this filmed in the winter or was this, so it was almost like a Christmas movie again. <laughs> <laughs> it was filmed in the winter, but we rarely film Christmas movies in the winter. We always have to do those uh, in the summer. Of course. Throw, yes. Throw fake snow down, of course, because <laughs> when deliveries come up and when those get financed. Uh, but no, this one, I think it, you know, I've had many conversations. This would be a very different film if it was my first time directing a feature. Yeah. Um, but we, even though we only had six weeks, we had already prepared this film a few times. Um, so sort of six weeks from the time we got the green light to, to rolling the camera. Um, so the fact that I did have a lot of onset experience running the crew, working with actors, I think mostly I took it in stride. I, I had the confidence to show up, um, but the, the pressure leading up to it and in, in post was a lot higher because the film, it just means so much more to me um, where, you know, the Christmas movies, I can do an edit, but I know all the producers are going to say, oh, we need another close up of this person because they are beautiful or this Christmas tree because <laughs> it sparkles. Like, you know, do whatever you want, make it, make it as beautiful and sparkly as you need it. But this one really, uh, yeah, it, it all rested on our shoulders. And uh, Keith was, you know, I said producing as, with me as well. So he was on set every day. So he and I were... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we and so many things went right, as you say, from the cast to uh, the incredible crew we found and agreed to help us out on this. That uh, really, if this thing didn't turn out well, it was a hundred percent our fault. Yeah. Um, well, so that's the thing I, I noticed because um, I'm actually quite surprised this is your first horror film because it is. It's quite easy for me to tell usually, or um, a director who hasn't made horror before, because it's all in the in the timing and 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 the kind of cliches. But I didn't see any cliches in in this film. And again, like you said, you subverted a lot of the conventions you normally find in horror, where you would expect something to appear. It doesn't appear. It appears somewhere else. And I I love how kind of gory it was as well. Like you kind of. Or maybe it's suggesting, or maybe it's all in my head that I saw gore, but just, just the fact that a pregnant woman has got this demon on top of her and he's biting into, into her belly. That brilliant. Loved it. <laughs> I was just, you, you, you went, you, you pushed that as far as it could go, which, which was great. I think, I think I got all my cliches out in all my ideas that didn't go anywhere. Right. Um, I was, uh, I was joking on set the other day with, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm producing a short film. Um, with uh, with Laura Vandervoort, who's uh, of Smallville fame, who's going to be making her directorial debut in a short nice. film. Um, and I was joking with the whole crew and the tech scout that, uh, you know, everyone's first film has to some have a body, you know, run up to the lens and then you put the lens on their back and they run away. So it's like they ran through the camera. Uh, <laughs> so my early, you know, all my early work in short films, and music videos, I played with all that stuff. I use yeah. star wipes. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan so, of star wipes. Yeah. <laughs> got, uh, I got all those uh, cliches and ideas out um, as I was, you know, getting ready for this. So, um, you know, again, if this was my first time directing a feature, it would have been a whole lot different, but, um, that stuff ran its way through my head, luckily. And, uh, I, I feel I came 
came to set prepared to make this movie what it is. And, uh, uh, it's it's a nice. I'm I'm actually proud of it. Um, I wasn't sure okay. if I was going to hate it by the end because <laughs> that that happens often. You're like just too close to it. You can't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, even before you know, we've been getting you know such such wonderful praise and so many compliments from uh, from reviewers and things that I said, you know what? If even if this doesn't hit, this is the movie I set out to make. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm happy that uh, that we were able to do it. Um, I'm curious about the kind of mythology um, in, in in the story. Was some of it based on 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 kind of real mythology, or did you um, you guys kind of like make your own mythology to do with like the demon and the book specifically the book, which was which was a great um, jumping off point. Where where did that all come from? Yeah, well the. Um... I know uh, Keith did some research into like Satanism, uh, mm-hmm. mostly for the cult uh, that they meet with because they they do define themselves as Satanists. So he, yeah. he wanted to take that seriously and make it you know um, authentic. So the the mythology for the film is taken from all over the place, from Greek, Roman, Egyptian. We we wanted it to be not so much like it's from this one religion, but it's mm-hmm. from throughout time. So whenever in history, this demon appeared or showed his face or someone had a vision where they saw this monster or this ghost. Um, they created a folklore around that creature. Um, and then maybe the same creature showed up 10,000 years later. Yeah. And now this civilization had their own story and, and lore around um, that monster. So these are monsters that just really exist. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they're not an exact reference to the Greek depiction of that monster. Yeah, and 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 talking about the the physical representation of the monsters, how did you go about creating it? The the actual big demon with with the kind of lantern that appears that was that was brilliant because it's the the interesting thing there is obviously that's designed to to scare the innocent in 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 the scene and also the audience, but it also scared the antagonist in the scene, which I thought was a really nice touch, like the the old. The grandma basically got scared of something that she essentially conjured, which I thought was was really cool. How was how was it creating this demon? Well, that that was based on Surgat, which is the uh, a, a demon who um, protects the gate between uh, the the earth, uh, the world, and the afterlife, oh. um, and is the key holder. So the, yeah. the, within the story, he is the one who unlocks the gate that allows these these demons and ghosts to uh, to enter their home. So mm-hmm. that's why Surgot appeared. Um, and there's all sorts of different paintings and depictions of him. And he typically has a bird head. Um, oh. So that's, uh, that's sort of how it was built. And then we worked with uh, Carly Morris, our practical effects artist and makeup artist, um, helped us create all these creatures. And that one happened to be a mask that we ordered and, uh, and built the wardrobe around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, all the others, Carly helped us build and shape. And Vance at the end again was a creation of Carly's and, so yeah, taking a lot of inspirational um, inspiration from, you know, old paintings and and drawings from, uh, yeah, all all over the place. Yeah, and 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 some of the the other kind of horrific scares. One that really got me that I was and and I'm a, obviously a diehard horror fan. I'm desensitized to a lot of horror things, but the thing that really got me is anything to do with teeth. Anything to do with teeth really kind of like freaks me out. Um, because during during lockdown in the UK, I I got toothache. I had to have a tooth pulled out, and they didn't have 
anyone working because it was locked down. So students had to do it and there was barely any anesthetic and they, it was the, it was horrific. And then I saw the, <laughs> then I saw this film and saw teeth related <laughs> horror that the scene where um, the, I guess it's an apparition of, of the grand grandmother who is with her back turned and you can just hear her like filing something or like, and she turns around and she's, she's breaking her own teeth. Is that with a string or like a saw or something or uh, just, just flossing her teeth. Yeah. And they drop into the ground and, and just this, the sound of teeth dropping to, to the ground is absolutely horrific. Um, and then when you see it close up, it's it, it's worse. And I think these are the kind of images that are going to burn themselves into the mind of horror fans. Um, it's great. And so, w- was that in the script, like fully formed, or is that something that you discovered as you as you went along? Yeah, that was fully formed in the script. So nice. um, each ghost, um, as you notice, each ghost sort of goes after one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and each one, I got to tip my hat to Keith on this one. He uh, dove into dream analysis for it. Ah. Um, so they're all taken from sort of known and common nightmares. I guess some yeah. of which Keith has actually had himself. Yeah. So um, according to dream analysis, if you dream your teeth are falling out, that represents a lack of control. Your your control is slipping away in your life. Sometimes it's financial or whatever, but Clever. in the movie it's about Henry is losing control. He is supposed to be the rock. Um, Audrey is the emotional one, and this is what she needs, and he's going to figure out the logistics to to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he starts losing control, um, then it typically you have a dream that your teeth are falling out. Um, and then, uh, you know, Becker, of course, she's dreaming that she's trapped. So we have the suffocating ghost and we came up with a whole backstory for him where he was, um, you know, he was, I think he was a painter for the mafia and they, they broke all his bones and buried him alive with a bag over his head. Uh... That's, that's where he came from. Um, and then Audrey's ghost, of course, is uh, a, a version of her daughter as a child, reminding her of, of the loss that she's uh, she think, which she's withheld. And then, um, yeah, spoiler alert: Ian's ghost uh, is the one who's always laughing at him because that's what Ian fears the most: uh, um, ridiculed and laughed at. Very cool. So, very, very clever. Yeah, but, but it's <laughs> funny because every everyone I talk to has a different ghost that scares them the most. Yeah. Um, Oh, this one really connected and maybe it's coming from what their dreams are or just, uh, yeah. Well, I I thought it was very playful and, and also at the same time, scary. The, the goat, the, the, it's just the sheet, which, which is just the kind of, uh, reflects the, what the daughter used to dress as on on, on Halloween. The facts that the scary thing is the kind of surrealness of it, where it starts out the size of a little kid and then it becomes like eight foot tall that kind of, that dream logic is so scary, scary to me where the rules of like physics just don't make any sense. And right. what can you, what can you do against something that doesn't make any sense? It's, it's really horrifying. And the scene in the lift as well. I know I'm just going through all the cool scenes, but the scene in the lift is very, very cool because it's almost like she's meeting her fate. You, everyone watching knows what's going to happen. That lift's going to come up. The ghost is going to come out. But the, the, the trick that you've done there is, the twist is that it's not the little ghost you saw before. It's a massive tall ghost, which is freaky. And like these kind of images, like I say, are going to be horror fans. Like because it's your first horror film, you probably don't understand how 
into this like horror fans are going to be they're going to be they're going to be looking at things like that and just be like holding it close to them like this is a cool new way to kind of show a scare so i know i'm so impressed and i'm, I'm, oh, I'm well, yeah really impressed i really appreciate that thank thank you so much um yeah that that scene specifically i think the original script had it that um multiple little ghosts would start coming out of different wow, rooms okay. all over which was an amazing scene uh and i think to be honest the the only reason we uh we had to revisit it was because it called for like 20 child actors and like, yeah. we can't afford this mm-hmm. <laughs> um so we we went back to the drawing board and came up with this and it was uh, yeah as you say there's no um there's no scary makeup there's no blood to make it scary so it was uh it was a really great exercise to figure out how do we make just a child in the most simple costume scary so all of our angles, all of the, you know, the little jump scares within that. And, you know, what is it that, that makes this scary to Audrey? Um, we spent a long time rolling through different options. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that scene myself. And yeah, something growing. Uh, I think that was actually taken from one of Keith's dreams as well. As, as soon as something, yeah. as you say, plays with physics, mm-hmm. when it just stops making sense, <laughs> it's, uh, it's that much scarier. It's great. And um, when did you link up with Shudder? At what point did Shudder get involved? Uh, Shudder got involved after our uh, Fantasia premiere. Um, so they, uh, yeah, they, I don't know the whole story, but the the, mm-hmm. the, the salespeople over at Vortex um, showed it to Shudder. They watched it. They loved it. And, uh, and they, uh, they're going to distribute it as a Shudder original. Yeah. Um, so I actually had one of the, uh, um, one of the curators over at Shutter, Colin Geddes from uh, originally worked at the Toronto Film Festival. He reached mm-hmm. out um, and just told us how much he enjoyed the film. And um, I think one of the things he connected with was uh, Julian Richings getting a leading role because yeah. uh, he's a, a longtime staple in the genre. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people, especially Canadians were all huge fans of Julian. So, uh, so Colin said, you know, just to see him in that leading role, um, was just uh yeah i think something that they really enjoyed a lot about it so um yeah we're we're super grateful it's i think the best home we could have hoped for for uh, for this film to- totally and like uh my f- my film's behind me right now the thing host which is uh went on shutter in, in in july and um i like get like like you say shutter was so instrumental in its success and and the fact people can actually see it so it's yeah, especially in Oh, you watched, watched it? it? Oh, nice. I watched it a month ago. It's, uh, oh, it's cool. fantastic. Yeah. It oh, was, thanks, uh, man. It was funny. I, we were, I was <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like, there's going to be so many COVID horror movies coming out after this. I'm like, yeah. but who's going to want to watch that? Like, exactly. once this is over, people aren't going to want to think about it. Maybe in yeah. 10 years, it'll be COVID things. And yeah. what's it going to be? Oh, it's just, you know, the pandemic is coming out there. <clears throat> but you guys just jumped on it. And you said, well, we're going to make it now. I'm going to release it now during the pandemic. Exactly. So that's just, yeah, it was brilliant. And oh, uh, cheers, tons thanks. of good scares in there. And uh, I don't <laughs> know how you pulled that off without ever being together in the same place. Yeah, we don't know either. We're doing it again right now. We're making uh, the first film for Blumhouse. Um, we're doing three Blumhouse movies in a row. And we're making Probably. our um, first one right now. So it's... Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how people take to it because it's not like host at all um and people expect us just to do host too but we're doing something completely different right uh, um but yeah thank you thank you so much for, for saying that it's it's really really cool um so what have you got next um are you going to do a more horror films have you now got horror in your blood and you and you're kind of dying to do another one yeah i think uh 
I, th- I think, I don't know. I, we've got a lot of ideas. I, Christmas I do horror? A Christmas horror. We have a Christmas horror. We yes. have one concept there. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, it closes in more on the, on the comedy horror side. Yeah. Um, which actually this one's been described as a few times. Um, really? Interestingly enough. Yeah. So it, uh, we, we set out to make it sort of, sort of real, almost like in a, like a Coen brothers kind of reality. So I guess uh-huh. there's some, some dark humor there, but the, uh, the number of people straight up calling into comedy surprised me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So next up we've got a few, a few ideas just starting to take meetings and, and pitching to places. So we do have some horror ideas, uh, have some great thrillers. Um, Keith, the writer is, uh, he's going to be directing his first one, uh, the plan was to direct it this year, but uh, pandemic got in the way. So he's yeah. got a great revenge thriller that he's working on. Um, I've got a revenge thriller that I want to get made as well. So we've got, uh, yeah, a few ideas in a few places. And um, yeah, we'll see who uh, who wants to work with us and uh, and what those look like. So. Yeah, I'm very keen to watch your monkey movie as well. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just said, Monkey in the Middle, right, it's called. Uh, that was the working title, but they changed okay. it and then they put a lion on the cover because I guess lions get more clicks than monkeys. <laughs> There's no lion in the movie. Just don't be disappointed. They're the ones that are lying about having a lion in it. Um, ah, wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you, what you do next, Justin. And your film, Anything for Jackson, is out on the 4th of December? December 3rd, I think. Yeah. 3rd, December 3rd on Shudder and that's Shudder.com or if you're on Amazon, you could just get the Shudder app and get it on there. Seven days free trial if you do it on Amazon and I think you can get 30 days free trial if you do it on Shudder.com directly. And I'm sure this is one that um, a lot of Shudder fans will, will, will absolutely love. And I really do think it is, it's going to be one of the best films currently on Shudder because it comes at an angle that I haven't seen before for this particular subject and I've seen pretty much every exorcism movie. So yeah, thank you very much for coming on on, on the show, Justin. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate it, man. This was uh, this was great. A lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>